Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Over time. When we're playing a game with a person, with a religious situation, at work, what overtime when we're trying to be two people that is not really you, the, the real you they you hope is hidden from them, what are you afraid of about the real you? That somebody will what? Find out. So what does that cost for you? When you lay down at night, you don't sleep well. Why? Well, tomorrow be the day that I'm discovered. Although we all say that we hate phony people, we all put on a false face at times. There's the public us, which is on some level different than the at-home us. Sometimes we even fool ourselves into thinking we're tricking God. This was a big problem for the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Pastor Mark will be continuing his teaching from Luke 12, where Jesus confronts the Pharisees concerning their duplicity. He will be challenging us as well to become more consistent in our public and private lives, considering that God knows the true us anyways. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Get Real, Confess Christ, Defeat Greed. Now we're going to go back 2,000 years right now. Jesus, in the part we pick up in Luke, is headed toward Jerusalem. Eventually he's going to the cross. That's what the end of the book of Luke is about. But today we open it up and he's teaching and there's probably around 10,000 people listening to him. And they're actually just jamming in there. They're, they're crowding. They're stepping on each other because the excitement to hear what he is going to teach. Now, he is going to teach all of them, but he's going to focus it on simply his disciples. So as he begins this, he does it in a strange way. He uses an illustration that it might shock you and me. This is a, a mask, I'd like to wear it, but I can't because of my sound system. And Jesus is going to talk about people. He's going to start like this. People that, well, this is the way they appear in public. But in private, this is who they are. He's going to talk about people that, well, they're hypocrites. They say one thing and live another way. And that's a challenge to all of us. And as he begins, you'll see how practical this is to every single one of us. We begin Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Meanwhile, when the crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, 
Jesus began to speak first to his disciples. Look at me. You're the disciples he's speaking to today. I'm Jesus is speaking through me to you. You're the disciples. Of course, he's speaking to me as well. He's speaking first to his disciples. Watch what he says. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, the Jewish religious leaders, which is hypocrisy. When you see yeast or leaven is another word for it in the Bible, it's always relating to sin. And you know, those of you that make bread or pizza dough or whatever, just takes a little bit of yeast and pretty soon it affects the whole dough and everything, right? Well, this is exactly what he's talking about. Jesus is comparing hypocrisy to yeast. Even though it starts small, it affects the whole. The word that you see there is a Greek word. It means this, a hypocrite, a Greek word that means an actor, Someone who is playing a part. It's a person spiritually for us that pretends to have certain religious moral beliefs. They say that this is who they are, but realistically the way they live when they're outside of church doesn't match that at all. So a hypocrite is a one who plays a part. In public they look like this. In private, there's something different. Now, have we seen any of that in our presidential race? (laughs) You say, oh, Pastor Mark, I'm a Democrat. We don't see it on that side. Emails? (laughs) Pastor Mark, I'm a Republican. I'm a Trump guy. guy. Any ladies coming forth this week? (laughs) Let's go to Washington, D.C. Any hypocrites in Washington, D.C.? No, that question should be, is there anybody real in Washington, D.C.? Now, we don't want to make fun of it because it's sad. Now, the problem is you can find hypocrisy anywhere. We just found one of the banks. Basically, the president had to step down. They've been playing a game forever on people's money. The problem is we've all been hypocrites from time to time. You know, you say this person comes up to you. Before they come up to you, you're saying, oh, no, hopefully they don't come up here to me. And then they go, hey, glad to see you, man. It's been a long time. This is great. And when they move away, thank God that's over with. (laughs) So you just put a mask on. You're something when you say not. Now, here's the problem in the church. Yeast expands. Why did the Jewish religion become full of sinning leaders? It was because of yeast. And today, we have to be careful as parents. That if we're one thing in church, at home we're something different. That will spread to our kids who won't have anything to do with church again. So it's a very difficult problem for all of us as we move through. Now watch what happens. See, when you talk about a spiritual hypocrite, it's this. It's a person that appears more spiritual than they really are. Because they're trying to impress people. So Jesus takes this previous interaction with the Pharisees. We're going to go back to it in in chapter 11 in just a second. And he's going to speak to you and me about it. So I want you to turn to your neighbor right now with a kind of a smile with your regular face now. Okay. And say, listen up. Jesus is teaching you and he's teaching me. Go ahead. Tell him. Jesus is teaching you and he's teaching me. All right. Back to Luke 11. Just one chapter before. Scoot right down to verse 39. Then the Lord said to him, look at here's what happened. The disciples were invited to a house of a Pharisee for dinner. 
And when they went in, they didn't wash their hands. A Jewish person had to always wash their hands. They were always focused on the external. So they don't wash their hands. And these Jewish people are complaining. And watch what Jesus says. Then the Lord said to him, the Pharisees complain, what's wrong with you? They don't wash their hands. Now then, you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and dish. But inside, you are filled with what? Greed and wickedness. Jesus used the illustration of a cup. The outside of the Pharisees, man, they're proper. They're perfect. How about the inside? Anybody would like a drink this morning? Jesus, you look terrific outside. But the real you, which is the inside, our heart, is filthy. You see, what is that person? A hypocrite. Wow, maybe not. You see, Jesus knew exactly how to address this situation. He says, you look very religious, but the real you is filled with greed and wickedness. Then he says this, verse 40. Look at you foolish people. Did not the one God who made the outside of you make the inside also? The same God that made the outside of you made the inside, the real you and me. And he says to them, you're foolish. You're really only fooling yourself. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 16, people judge by outward appearance, but God judges by the heart. See, he doesn't care with the outside. We should be fine outside, but he looks right at the heart. Now, I like in verse 41, I have it for you in the New Living Translation. Look what he says to do. So clean the inside. Clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. Jesus says, watch me, quit keeping up public appearances and look at your private world. Behind the scenes, behind the camera, in the house, what do you really look like? Clean it up, and instead of being greedy and deceitful and wicked, start giving to people, and that will show that you absolutely have repented and you want to do right. So here's what Jesus says. Write it down this morning. This isn't only for the Pharisees. This is for all of us. He says this, get real. Come on, get real. Be clean from the inside out, the real you and me, and it will show. You say, well, Pastor Mark, why should I repent? Why should I take off my mask, clean the inside of the cup, and get real? Well, a number of reasons. Number one, how miserable to be an actor in all of our life. Continually trying to fool people to think you're this when you're really not. Constant lying and pretending that you are something, a certain kind of a person, a religious person, a godly person, when really you're not. What does it do to us? It just drains us of our energy. Because over time, when we're playing a game with a person, with a religious situation, at work, what over time, when we're trying to be two people That is not really you. The the real you, you hope, is hidden from them. What are you afraid of about the real you? That somebody will what? Find out. So what does that cost for you? When you lay down at night 
You don't sleep well. Why? Will tomorrow be the day that I'm discovered? Will tomorrow be the day I'm discovered? So it drains our energy because you understand that eventually we can hide things from people. You can never hide things from God. Remember where he looks? Inside of the cup, behind the mask is where God looks. And that's why he uses the Holy Spirit to speak to our lives. Now, so that worry drains us of really enjoying life. Now, go back to Luke chapter 12, verse 2. Watch what he picks up, Jesus. Look in your Bibles. Look in your Bibles. Then he says this, Jesus. There is, what's the word? Everybody say nothing. There is nothing concealed. Uh Uh-oh. That will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered in the ears and the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Let me update it. What you've done in secret will show on CNN. I don't watch CNN anymore because they're very biased. I watch BBC. It's not as much good either. But notice what he's saying is this. Jesus warns that everything we try to hide, hello, everything we try to hide, everything we try to hide, uh uh-uh, it's going to be revealed. The real you and the real me, fool people, never fool God. What we said in the dark, what we did in the dark, will come out in the light. Romans 2.16, look how Paul causes this amazing statement. And this is the message I proclaim. That the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone, say it with me, secret life. There isn't a person I'm speaking to that sometimes doesn't have a secret life. We just try to hide things. And understand, in the spiritual realm, we're trying to be Super spiritual. We can actually be coming very condemning in other people. I'm glad I'm not like them, but you are. And sometimes worse. So, Pastor Mark, if I'm to get real, how do I do that? Well, let me give you an illustration before I do it. No, let me give you this. It'd be good. Write it down. Here's how I get real. Through our repentance and God's forgiveness. Through our repentance And God's forgiveness. Remember one day. How long did Jesus travel with his disciples? Mm, About three years. Maybe three, three to three and a half. Peter was one of them. You remember one day when Jesus was being beaten just before he went to the cross. Peter was outside the house. And three people came at different times to Peter and go, hey, 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 you're one of his disciples. Uh, you're one of his I, I know I can tell by the language you're one of his disciples. And what did Peter say three times? Never knew the guy. I never knew the guy. I had no idea what you're talking about. Jesus, I don't even know who he is. What was he doing? He's pretending he was somebody he was not. What do we call that? It's a hypocrite. I'm sure when Peter heard the sermon, he going, why is he teaching that? Later, he would know. Now, what happened to Peter? Can hypocrisy be forgiven in our lives? How do we do it? Repentance. What did Peter finally do? He repented. Did God restore him? Say amen. Amen. So since we're all in the same boat, can I hear another amen? (laughs) But you have to admit it. 
So this morning, in your house, in your home, in a relationship with your spouse, kids, whatever, church, work, if there's a part that isn't right, can I just encourage you this morning, get real. Because it's destroying your life. You're miserable. Get real. If it's only with God, then just ask forgiveness. If you have to go to somebody else, just do that. And then let's begin and enjoy life. Let me read this to you. Proverbs 28, 13. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. So simply clean yourself up from the inside. Take the mask off. Become the person God created you. Don't try to be somebody else. God created you to be you. And once you've repented and God has forgiven you, man, you can sleep like a baby. Because there's nothing to discover. What you see, finish it, is what you get. That's the way to do life. Amen. Now, in verses 4 through 12, we have a very common theme. And it's a principle we see all through the Bible. So here's what you want to write down this morning. Number one, learn to fear God rather than man. Now, when we say fear God, some people who don't have any kind of a religious background think, man, thanks for inviting me to church. I'm supposed to fear God. No, it doesn't mean that. To me, fearing God is an amazing awe in my life. Wow. You created all this and you know me. There's 7.3 billion people and you have a relationship with me. Here's where the wisdom comes. Proverbs 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You'll never be wise. You'll never get life unless you awe and respect God. A knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So here's my definition. What does it mean to fear the Lord? The fear of the Lord is to worship as you just did. Respect and love him so much that we desire to obey him. The fear of the Lord is simply this. I don't want to displease you, God. You saved me. You changed me. I'm taking that stupid mask off. I'm cleaning the inside of the cup. I know I'm not what I should be. And God, forgive me. I, that's the fear of God. No, no, it's getting right with God and proving it by what? Obedience. What did he say to the, the Pharisee? Clean the inside of the cup. Start giving to people instead of being a greed person. That's what the fear of God is. Now, what's the opposite of it? And we all struggle with this. You'll see all the way through. We fear what man will think, what will take place. So let's begin in verse 4. Jesus says to his friends, who he's talking now to his disciples, the nice term friends is because of what he's going to say. Look at verse 4. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. Hello. Of course they can't do more. I'm dead. Then he says this, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, speaking of God, after killing of the body, has power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. So what is Jesus talking about? Here's what you want to write. Do not fear persecution from man. God has you covered. See, Jesus knew... He's talking to his disciples. He calls them friends. Jesus knew he would die as a result of persecution from the Pharisees, from the Romans. Really, he gave himself. He didn't dare not to cause. He gave his life so that we could be saved. But he knew his disciples, 
Every single one of the 11 of the 12 died by persecution. He knew they would experience this. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, I understand that Jesus and his disciples are going to be killed because of persecution. But what in the world does that have to do with me? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think the United States is going to be void of persecution of Christians in the future? No, we're smart enough to, anybody says, oh yeah, we won't have that trouble. I don't know where you live. If I mention to you around the world, ISIS, and you live in an area where ISIS is controlling it, what's your chance of being persecuted? Probably 100%. I read a thing yesterday, true story, over in an area where ISIS controls in the Middle East, there was a Christian, there's lots of Christians, and And this girl was in an office, and they were drinking, and all they had was a bowl. So she drank out of the bowl, and the other people in the office refused to drink after. You've contaminated the water, you Christian. And they went to the ISIS people, and they said, blasphemy. You blasphemed Allah. And she's in prison this morning. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that's over there. None of that stuff's coming here. Wise up. Now, what is Jesus trying to say? He's saying, if you're a Christian, by the way, how many of you think you will die at some point? <laughs> that was a very difficult question. The statistics never change. It's one out of one. Now, how many of you this morning know how you're going to die? None of us. So what Jesus is saying is, don't fear dying. Why don't we fear dying? Because on the cross, Jesus defeated death, Satan, and hell. So when I die, however I die, would I prefer to die without persecution? Everybody say, amen. Do I have a choice? Not really. God's sovereign. Whatever he does, he does. So we're going to die. But after death, there's a verse you should know. It's appointed unto man once to die and after death the judgment. But here's the other one. Absent from this body, I'm getting ready, present with the Lord. Present with the Lord. We're going to heaven. But he says, if you're fearing man, you won't become a believer. And then you will need to fear God. Because now he's the judge and you will be separated from God forever because you refuse Jesus Christ. Why? The fear of God. Of man, what people are going to say. So it's a principle for us. As a Christian, I don't know what to do with this persecution. Here's the other thing that happens in all of these things. If I'm ashamed or fearful of what man thinks or what man can do with me, here's what will happen I will eventually compromise and I'll pretend I'm not a Christian so I can save my skin. And compromised Christian life is useless. There's the hypocrite again. Well, we learned today the importance of being honest to God and to ourselves. Pastor Mark also explained the ultimate consequences that Jesus warned us about in Luke 12. We need to take his warning seriously because we don't know how many more chances we will have before we leave this earth. Please, don't delay. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue with Jesus' teaching in Luke 12. He will be continuing the theme of being brutally honest with ourselves. We'll also be hearing an explanation of what's called the unforgivable sin. We will hear about what that is, who in the Bible committed it, and especially what the unforgivable sin is not. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving